Hi, this is Russ Hackman, host of The Wall Street Sweeper. On the show ahead, a new segment on celebrity financial disasters, my read on the shakiness in the stock market, and the best ways to invest in the stock market for lower fees and lower risk. And now, The Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street. Welcome. It is the Wall Street Sweeper with Russ Hackman. Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners with four offices around Boston, making it convenient for you to meet with Russ and Claire and the team downtown Wakefield, Hingham and in Waltham. Russ Hackman with 25 years in the financial arena, helping people navigate their way to and through retirement and the early years on Wall Street trading desks. So we always enjoy the opening of the show to get Russ's take on, well, the markets for this this week and maybe even of course looking ahead a little bit at the markets now russ we've got some really fun things to get into we've got some new content on the show uh that we'll be introducing each week clear hair a part of the show uh we've got a lot to get into today and we're even going to talk about your book russ is working on a book too so we're going to get into that in this segment but what was the week like on wall street well, we, yeah, we've been talking about uh, in some of the previous shows, Dave, about some of this instability that's been creeping into the market. We saw going through uh, the end of July, we saw the S&P 500 up about 20%. So that was kind of straight up. And we had this kind of bouncing around effect going on in August where there seemed to be some winds blowing in the other direction. We've talked about the fact as well that even though the market was up 20%, you know, it's down a little bit since then, that that the sort of the breadth or the power of that rally was a little bit thin in the sense that it was driven by these seven or eight big technology stocks, right? Mm -hmm. So Meta, Facebook, Tesla, NVIDIA, Apple, so on and so forth. And, you know, that gives us and this is, you know, it was three, four months ago that all of us were like, hey, have you seen this new chat GPT? Like you couldn't avoid this. <laughs> you subject, could not. Right? It was sort of back. You know, it's kind of related to back when, you know, Bitcoin was going nuts. And, you know, you had you, you always had some smarty pants at Thanksgiving. Being like, <laughs> I'm making money on crypto. Right. You know, now he's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, I don't, those people. Um, yeah. I mean, I got, I, I mean, I'm should make fun of myself a little bit. I got a little bit of crypto, but I don't, you know, certainly don't advise it in client portfolios or in retirement. Planning. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, exactly. But you know, the one thing about AI is it's almost like it reminds me of when people were like this new internet thing. And I'm old enough to remember that. This yay. Well, and 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 that turned out to be, you know, huge, huge, huge. Obviously the internet has transformed our lives yes, in so has. many ways. But you know, the other element of what's going on in the markets, obviously, we're continuing to keep our eye on inflation. Will it ever get down to two percent? What's the Fed gonna do? Uh, we're a ways away from their target. One thing that's also kind of kind of have your antenna up for this, that the 10-year US Treasury has been getting up to about 4.2% in yield. Mm -hmm. That means bonds have been losing money. Now, we're like a broken record around here that you shouldn't have money in long-term bonds and long-term bond funds, right? Mm -hmm. But the other element of that is when the 10-year U.S. Treasury was up at 420, 425 several months back, that was when some of those banks were starting to fail because – 
they are owning those U.S. treasuries, and those are causing losses in their portfolio. Now, I'm not saying there's going to be more banks failing tomorrow, but it definitely is not out of the question, especially if that 10-year U.S. treasury would get up towards four and a half or so. That is driving mortgage rates back up above, you know, or nicely in the sevens now. If you want to call that nice, I wouldn't. <laughs> right. And um, right. So we got a lot going on out there. I guess we are going to shift gears. We don't have too much time, but uh, I think we're going to talk about this in, on your book in the weeks in the weeks ahead. That uh, yeah, I am uh, quote unquote writing a book, which means working with a team that helps you know assemble all everything I say from radio, some interviews I do, and put it together into some things that we think are important to share in a book that'll come out sometime next year. So that's been fun to start working on. And, you know, it'll talk about some of the things that, you know, people have been hearing on the show regularly, yeah. like our general cynicism about Wall Street, not out there to give you a great deal mm -hmm. about why, you know, a fiduciary is is good. And we are fiduciaries, but just because you have a fiduciary doesn't necessarily mean you get a good deal. Those are some of the you know, talking about fees and performance, some of the things that we like to talk can about. Can be a good companion we'll guide, be, too, yeah, for yeah, your we'll client. be within the books. So mm -hmm. anyway, and all those things about sort of diving into portfolios, portfolio x-rays, second opinions, making taxes important, all those things that are going to be in the book are also in what comes out in the complimentary meetings that people get when they call in. We offer a few slots each week for folks to call in. The next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more can come in and see us. Let's offer that up, Dave, please. Hence, next five at no cost, no obligation at 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Again, 617-674-2000. Coming up, we welcome Hackman Wealth Senior Vice President and Partner Clear here to the show. with the Wall Street sweeper sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street. Always a great conversation with Russ Hackman. Always a great conversation with Clear Hair. And Clear is the Senior Vice President of Hackman Wealth Partners. And well, on the part of the whole team, it's all about helping you get a better picture, a clearer picture of your financial life. And also, if you're near retirement, that is so critical. Uh, Clear, great to have you back on the show again. Uh, I love what you've got here. We're actually going to, you're going to tie in some famous quotes to retirement and financial planning, but not from the usual sources. You would think I'd have a Warren Buffett quote coming up, but no, I have one from George Foreman, <laughs> but it's actually a really good one from George. Not to say George, George Foreman's just not, I never think of him as a financial expert, excellent boxer, great grill guy, but he's got a great quote here. The question isn't at what age I want to retire. It's at what income. That is so critical. Yes. Yeah, so that is really an interesting quote because I think it really plays into what a lot of our parent, our clients are thinking about. And the single most important thing in planning for retirement is to make sure you have the money you need before you retire, both when you leave the workforce and for the rest of your life. So you need to set your savings goals early and be aggressive in how much you save to ensure your investments produce enough for you to live comfortably. Make sure you don't quit work before you have the money you need. 
and, and we had a client profile, which I thought I'd share with you, that sort of goes into this quote or mm-hmm. reflects this quote. And our particular client, he was older than his wife by about 15 years. He had retired from his professional position. He was a doctor. And he came to us wanting to make sure he didn't run out of money and that he'd have enough to leave for his wife, who would most likely outlive him. Now, she was a sculptor, but she didn't have a recurring income stream. Mm -hmm. So they were a little tight in terms of money coming in. And he had saved what he thought was enough, asset-wise. But we looked at his statements and looked at their age difference, and we thought, wow, this is going to be close. Are they going to be able to produce enough income to live on? So they had also downsized from a prior house to a new house, which was much smaller, which needed some upgrades. So they spent a lot of money on remodeling, et cetera, which they hadn't really anticipated. So again, they were sort of diving into their assets. But the main thing was they didn't have a budget. So surprisingly, a lot of our clients, they've never calculated their monthly expenses and income for whatever their sources of income are, but yeah. social security or other pensions. So it really was something that we had to sit down and say, okay, let's go through your budget. And again, this is someone in their 70s, um, close to 80. And the fact that they had never calculated a budget may seem surprising to some, but really not. So again, that's one of the things we have to really think about. A budget, well, we should have it all our lives, but is it even more critical at that age to have that? Well, it's critical at every age, really. Um, I was just talking to my son about a budget, in fact. <laughs> so you know, one of the first steps you have to have your fo- people focus on is like, what do I really spend? And what are my monthly expenses as well? So if you look at your assets that you have in place for retirement, you're going to start drawing down on those assets every year when you retire. And as fast as you do that will really determine how long your money is going to last. And people come to you when they first come to you. you now, some are pretty sure they're okay, but some are probably coming to you to gauge, am I okay to retire at the date that I, an age that I wanted to retire? That's what makes George Foreman's quote so good, because the first thing you look at is, well, what's your income going to be? Exactly. Exactly. And and the age is, is important. And again, it's important if you have a couple where there's a big difference in age, because typically they think that the younger person will outlive them. And so they're really careful and want to be able to provide for that person. And so that's one thing that, you know, we do have to look at that age difference. But again, it's all about, do I have enough money to retire? It's not really so much, you know, when, but how much have you saved and how quickly are you going to be spending those assets? So we need to make sure that some of those assets are preserved, but then others are growing. Here's another quote from famed economist Chris Rock. And he has uh, had part of his uh, stand up, and this was a few years ago, uh, a bit about the difference between being rich and being wealthy. And this quote kind of reminds me of that. Chris Rock said, wealth is not about having a lot of possessions. It's about having a lot of options. And I know that's the goal on the part of the team is to help people achieve financial independence. Exactly. So again, it's not about this is a good quote about don't look at your possessions only really, you know, they used to say, if you have savings, well, wealth, whatever money you make isn't savings, but you have to think about like what you really saved in terms of what you've put away, and that you're not spending, which is really what you're saving. Um, So it's a little counterintuitive. But again, you know, we want to make sure that people are independent and do have options while they retire. So we do structure plans and show them several different scenarios. And we also show them scenarios where the market has dramatically had a downturn. Uh, We talk about the Category 5 hurricane. And can our financial plan withstand that pressure? So we want to make sure that we have a well-constructed plan that allows individuals to save money, 
preserve their wealth, grow their wealth, and have enough to meet that budget. And yet at the same time, they can weather any type of downturns that we might foresee in the in the coming future, as well as things like inflation that we're going through right now. So we, we take all these different factors into account. And I know that in Russ talks a lot about being prepared for the Cat 5 storm, and that's what it's all about. Even for those who have an extremely healthy portfolio, it's really not yet a plan. And it, it maybe they don't have the total confidence in easing that fear of, will this money last me? Because I definitely do not want to outlive my money. Right, exactly. And we want to, we definitely want to make sure that people have enough. Some people really care about leaving to their beneficiaries or children. Some people are just, you know, more focused on preserving wealth for themselves and said, I've worked hard and my children are independent and they seem to be fine. So I just want to make sure my own money lasts. So again, it really, people have different objectives and goals and we'll work with you and try to determine the best way to meet your goals and objectives. The last quote from Jonathan Clements, uh, retirement is like a long vacation in Las Vegas. The goal is to enjoy it to the fullest but not so fully that you run out of money. That is so true. <laughs> that is true. And I guess Las Vegas would be a good place to find out because you don't want to run out of money out there, that's for sure. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> it's a little speculative. Uh, yeah. And again, that plays into the whole you know, idea of risk and making sure that you take appropriate risk and whatever you know is essential that you need to deal with, but not like overly aggressive in your investments. And, I, and we, we don't we do steer people away from gambling in Las Vegas, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you know what? The risk game is kind of like it, people who wisely go to Vegas and say, I'm taking this amount of money when it's gone. I'm done. Exactly. That's the way they should look at it. Yeah. Well, that, I know that's the approach you take. You talk to people about their risk. You talk about in, income and their retirement, fortifying your portfolio against the Cat 5 storm. In fact, an opportunity now to schedule with Clear at no cost, no obligation. Yes. And if you have over $500,000 in investable assets, we'd love to meet you and give you a complimentary consultation. Take a look at your financial portfolio and help you decide what the best way is to secure your financial future. This is the next five at no cost, no obligation, 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000 to schedule this comprehensive review, 617-674-2000. More Wall Street Sweeper coming up and Russ Hackman will step back into the studio. With Russ Hackman back with the Wall Street sweeper. Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners, and Russ Hackman and Clear, who we just heard from, and the entire team ready to talk to you about, well, what they do. And that's help navigate people through to and through their retirement, helping you get a clear picture of your financial life. Russ, we've uh we've been working hard, the team here, putting together some uh some billboards, some features for the show. And every week we're gonna yeah, have one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, we've got everything from celebrity success stories through the years where we'll pick a year and we'll hit the, some of the highlights outside of financials from that year, but certainly the financials of that year. Retirement road trip, giving some ideas where to travel to in your retirement. Funny money. We've got a lot of good stuff. Do you want to hear one of these we put together? This is the first one. Yeah, let's, let's, let's lay it on us here, huh? All right. This one's called Financial Failures. Welcome to Financial Failures. It's like a car wreck. You know you shouldn't look, but you can't help yourself. 
Marvin Gaye was the son of a church minister and domestic worker and was the second of four children. The Prince of Soul grew up singing in the church with his father but was kicked out of the home when he started singing secular music. In the 60s, Gaye became one of Motown's biggest figures as both a producer and later on as an artist. Jumping ahead to the 70s, after being successful as a Motown artist, Gay signed a record deal worth $1 million. That's worth more than $6 million today. The deal made him one of the highest-earning black musicians at the time. But soon, financial difficulties began. In fact, at the time of his death, he had incurred $9.2 million in debt, 4.5 of which he owed to the IRS for back taxes. One thing was I was undergoing two divorces at the same time, which can be rather traumatic by itself. And then I was in bankruptcy. All my property had been confiscated. And it was a lot of money and a lot of property, millions of dollars, and that was rough. The singer also owed his ex-wife, Anna Gordy, close to $300,000 in back alimony. He filed for bankruptcy after falling behind on his payments. I'm, one of my great passions are cars, and um, I am... Um, I spent a lot of money on the uh, fairer sex. Amid financial troubles, Gay continued to perform, tried to make a comeback with his 1982 Grammy Award-winning single, Sexual Healing. The hit sold more than two million copies and peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Looked like he could make it big again. However, a day before his 45th birthday, he was shot to death by his father. And though Gay left behind a rich musical legacy, his only major asset at the time of his death was his intellectual property. He didn't leave a will, but had a mountain of debt. His executors, through the marketing of his music rights, were able to pay off all the debts, fortunately, and also managed to accumulate several million dollars worth of assets for his estate, leaving something good for his heirs, his three children. Don't let that happen to you. Get on the right path to financial freedom and be listening for more sad failure stories. I have a couple of questions there, Russ. How do you go through two divorces at the same time? And number two, why do so many celebrities uh, do a bad job at estate planning, it seems like? Have you noticed that? has been a lot of celebrities. With- yeah, I was... Uh- I mean, I, I guess it's not funny, but it, it, like, yeah, how do you have two divorces at the same time? I was time? wondering but, that. You know, yeah. Maybe a couple different, you know, I got married in one country and also in another <laughs> so country. Maybe, I don't know. yeah. But first, we do need to sort of tip our hats to uh, Marvin Gaye, obviously, his music. Well, that's so where great, he was a right? huge success. Yeah. Yeah, he made a million dollars, but now you hear Taylor Swift's making $5 million per night. I mean, <laughs> on the whole tour, a billion? It's yeah, crazy. It's, it's amazing. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I, you know, you hear a lot of these stories about, you know, athletes and celebrities and, and sort of what happens to them. And, you know, both they and all the rest of us need a, a good financial plan and, uh, Hope everybody enjoyed this uh, first fun segment. We're going to be doing one every week that, uh, you know, sort of has this element of, uh, you know, production value and fun, not just listening to me talk or Claire talk and hope people enjoyed it. Good time to offer an opportunity, another opportunity, Dave, to the next five callers to save $500,000 or more for retirement. And to schedule, it's 617-674-2000, Coming up, Russ talks about the best and worst ways to invest in the stock market. 
We're back with the Wall Street Sweeper and Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. The Wall Street Sweeper, it's another really kind of a, a good conversation, but an educational outreach on the part of Russ and Claire and the team, helping sweep away that clutter in your financial life as they will when they meet with you, helping you get a clear picture of your financial life. We just heard uh, that feature on Marvin Gaye. And again, maybe a bit some financial failures, but as you said, Russ, lots of successes in his way to short life. We actually have, Russ, some celebrity quotes here you're going to you're going to comment on that uh, maybe not from the uh, their their financial quotes, but you would think okay, here we go, break out the old um uh, you know, to typical financial people that, that are quoted all the time, Warren Buffett. But no, we're going to open with George Foreman, uh, who said, the question isn't at what age I want to retire. It's at what income. That's that's profound. That's very good. Uh, good, good insight. Well, it's absolutely right. And, um, you know, we as as we work on financial plans, the. Yeah, it, it isn't so much people have in their minds, like, I need a number. I need one million, two million, three million, four, you know, whatever. I need a number. Mm-hmm. And um, different, the number isn't so much the thing, right? The, the thing is the income. But as, as Mr. Foreman said, as um, the risk that you're facing, budgets, longevity, uh exposure to taxes, all this stuff that goes into the planning is the most important thing. So in other words, somebody with $2 million can have, I think, less security and a worse plan uh, and standard of living than someone with $1.5 million who's done the right kind of planning. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Absolutely. Right? So it isn't so much about the number. It's, you know, it's kind of how you use it. Now I guess Mr. Foreman probably ended up making, you know, he, he was a he was a boxer, right? But <laughs> we forget about that. But now 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 we just think of the George Foreman. Grill, exactly. Right? Yeah. And uh, and and I so think he, he's still selling those to like gazillions of. You I know, don't think you'd call kids, him a financial so. failure, definitely. <laughs> definitely <not. laughs> Nor would you the and, next one, <laughs> Chris Rock, with this financial yeah. quote. <laughs> Interested in your interpretation of this, Chris Rock said, "Wealth is not about having a lot of possessions." It's about having a lot of options. Where's he going with that? Well, it's interesting. It reminds me of my parents told me why I had to get good grades. It's like it gives you options. Oh, right? Uh, right. If you right. decide let if you decide that you wanna you know, I think I I don't know what grade I brought home. My dad was, you know, by fourteen or fifteen. He's knowing like, you probably a B you know, minus. <laughs> yeah, my exactly. Well, I don't think it was that bad. But he had high standards and so did my mother and um, you know, it's sort of like, hey, you know, why isn't it isn't a B or C average? Well, no, we're eight. first of all, you're not average and 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 also, you know, get some A's and that way you can you'll have more choices, right? Mm-hmm. And down the road. And the same thing is true about wealth, right? Yeah. You if you have the it's it's not just the number as we said, it's about what your plan is, what you're invested in what your risk is, because it is definitely possible to go from a good situation to a bad situation. Or having to go back to work. With the, with the, the, yeah, exactly. With the wrong plan. Now, yeah. Mr. Rock is, uh, well, um, you can't talk about him without uh, 
talking about the whole Will Smith episode, mm-hmm. but I think that was actually, <laughs> yeah. you know, Will Smith right. slugged, slugged him on stage at the Oscars, but oh, I think yeah. that was actually, that turned out to be actually a good thing for Chris Rock's comedy career, which actually, yeah, I think it already was not hurting, but I think it, it made oh, yeah. audiences, you know, want to see him uh, even more. So, um, in any event, I think there's a couple good quotes, you know, going from Marvin Gaye, who had a, you know, not a good, great music, not a great financial life to uh, Mr. Some wisdom from Messrs. Foreman and, and Rock. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's some good stuff and a good opportunity to transition to, uh, you know, come in and see us. And it's like we said, like, your number is not so important as what your plan is. And we'll, when we sit down with you and we give you a second opinion, we're going to be saying, do you have the right plan? And are your assets uh, appropriate? Is your income appropriate? Is your tax plan appropriate, et cetera? Let's do offer that update to the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. 617-674-2000 to schedule 617-674-2000. Next up, Russ talks about the best and worst ways to invest in the stock market. Street Sweeper does continue here, and the conversation continues. We uh, we have a good conversation. We have fun, but it's also it's vital information that Russ gets out from giving us that clear picture of, well, the markets this week to a clear picture of your financial life, sharing case studies as well as clear on this show every week. Hackman Wealth Partners, the firm. Russ Hackman is the president of this firm. Clear here, partner and senior vice president. Russ, we've been uh, we're talking in various case studies about investing in the stock market and you don't want too much market risk but you also you want to make sure that uh, you know the people you work with are invested the right way what, what exactly do you mean by that we've talked about a you know a core piece of financial planning is yes you want money in stocks but not too much we've talked about in general well how much is too much well two ways to measure that number one is I'd like to have about my age in safe assets Mm -hmm. that can't go backwards, meaning if I'm 60 or 65, it's a reasonable rule of thumb that I want 60 to 65% of my assets basically can't go backwards, right? And that means the rest can be in the stock market. They shouldn't be in the bond market. So again, if you're looking at your portfolio and you still have bond funds, income funds uh a you're seeing that they're not coming back this year uh and they're also they're actually losing you more money so you lost 15 percent or so in those bond funds last year with the 10-year treasury still ticking up like we were talking about earlier the yield you're losing more money in bonds so but our risky money we want to have that in stocks but it's not what most people have for stocks. So in other words, we've we've talked about most folks have this two-dimensional financial plan where they've gone in and seen either at a big box firm or more of a discount firm, they have a portfolio of mutual funds. And mutual funds have generally fees and it is very common especially at the big box firms, those kind of firms where you're sitting down with an advisor, 
that those fees are meaningful. And when you come, we see that when people come in for a portfolio x-ray that they might have, their broker might be saying, hey, you're paying 1% in fees. And in fact, we've talked about the three layers of fees, right. meaning I'm paying 1% and then I'm in a bunch of mutual funds that themselves may have half a percent to 1% fees. And the third layer of fees is quote unquote fees is I may be underperforming the market. So I may be like 3% or so a year behind. Mm in my stocks, right? And you can measure that. So one of the things we look at when people come in is, hey, we got to look at your risk. But if you're exposed to the stock market, the stock market's up 20% and you're up 17%, something's wrong with that, right? right? Okay, well, what are ways that we think are smart to invest in the stock market? What are ways that we actually invest our clients' money in? And really two ways. One is uh, we manage a portfolio uh, of dividend paying stocks. You know, you have some blue chip stocks there where these are and you actually own the underlying stocks where and there's different kinds of port of, of dividend portfolios. But a good portfolio of dividend stocks might have 25 stocks or so. It's diversified across industries. Again, you're actually owning the underlying stocks. You can see them in your account held at a custodian. And you can see that the uh, companies, the underlying companies are blue chip companies that have consistently raised their dividends. And on average, you can expect on a lot of dividend portfolios to make about 5% a year mm -hmm. in dividend cash flow. Right. So that's way number one that I think is a good way to manage part of your stock exposure. And what we do for a lot of clients mm -hmm. is, yeah, if I have half a million dollars in a dividend stock portfolio or 250 or whatever, but if it's half a million, then I may be getting 225 grand a year in dividend cash flow. And even if those stocks drop, at some point, which, you know, we've said storms are going to come by, but you're still getting your cash flow. Well, these right? have a good track record, so, as you said. Right. And it's important to choose companies. And it's hard to do yourself because uh, dividend stock investing, it's like, yeah, well, isn't that obvious for us? Buy stocks with good dividends. The problem is blue chip dividend paying companies are blue chip until they're not. So in other words, so you need a good manager right. or advisor who is experienced in managing dividend stock portfolios. Um, so by way of example, like General Electric, right? You know, 10 years ago, bluest chip of the bluest. Bluest chips, of or, blue, yeah. Right? Or maybe a little longer, certainly before the financial crisis, bluest of, bluest of the blue chips. You know, the stock ended up going down 75%. They cut the dividend. And so anyone who's in that, you know, if you're trying to pick up your 5% and then stock drops 25%, that's a big, you know, blows a hole in your portfolio, right? So you need... Um, you, you have know, to look at trends too, don't you, a little bit? Yeah, you, yeah. You, well, you, you need to you need someone who's at skilled at looking at, at dividend paying stocks, the underlying earnings of the company to make sure they can continue to maintain and raise dividends. Mm -hmm. The other good way to invest, again, they're one layer fee because if you're charged 1% or something and then you own the stocks, that's just, there's not much meaningful commissions or anything to buy the stocks, then 
you know, you're paying 1%, period. Yeah. One, that's it, right? And another good way to invest is uh, that we do as well is baskets of exchange-traded funds, which is just very low-cost funds. They can be index funds, but where the fees on average might be 0.1% or less. So very low-cost funds. Better than mutual. If you're, right. That. And then if you're certainly a lot better than these actively managed mutual funds. And in there, the issue, not the issue, but in a dividend stock portfolio, you're getting more of your sort of stodgier companies, right? In the ETF, in these exchange-traded funds portfolio or these low-cost fund portfolios, you can get some growth indices that are, are more on track to benefit from emerging technology, and, and what you could do then with a with a dividend portfolio and a basket of very low cost exchange traded funds mm-hmm. is you kind of have a balanced stock portfolio that can parts of it will do well through different kinds of market cycles. And if you want to see how that uh, would look for you, you know, we have people come in and say, hey, here's how your portfolio did over the last five, six years in stocks. Here's how some of the portfolios that we track uh, have done and based upon your risk returns, you can kind of compare it's good information. So again, let's offer the opportunity to the next five callers, Dave, to come in and see us get one of those complimentary portfolio reviews, second opinions, portfolio x-rays. And it's uh, it's an easy thing to schedule too for the next five, no cost, no obligation. 617-674-2000, 617-674-2000. Coming up, Russ answers questions from listeners. Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners, and back with our weekly get-together, the Wall Street Sweeper, sweeping away the clutter of Wall Street, helping you get a clear picture of your financial life. Russ himself, 25 years as a financial advisor, starting out on Wall Street trading desk. Now, Russ and Claire and the team helping people and guide them to and through retirement, answering the questions. When you first meet with them, understandable, you're going to have a lot of questions, and they're ready to answer those, as we do on the show. If you'd like to have Russ answer uh, your question on the air, that's easy enough. Hackmanwealth.com is the website. Go to hackmanwealth.com and click the radio tab to submit your question. We've got Ann to open it up saying, I'm a divorced mother of two who will be 59 next month. My 28 and 21-year-old children live with me. One's a senior in college. The other's working a part-time job. I intended to retire at the end of the next year. I have 15000 in credit card debt. And while I am due a pension as a state employee, I fear that my mortgage payments, debt, and household expenses will make retirement impossible. What do you think I should do first? Well, I mean, we haven't, uh, you know, really talked about uh, and what's sort of in your 401ks and, um, you know, what kind of savings that you have. Now, it's a good thing being a state employee. A lot of those state pensions are pretty good. Mm -hmm. And in some cases are 80% of what your salary is and they're inflation adjusted, right? So oh, even for inflation. Okay. Right. So that can, that's put, puts a strain on government budgets, but if you have one of those pensions, they're pretty good. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, um, 
you know, you gotta you gotta evaluate your savings and see how those can supplement your pensions and see if you have adequate savings to actually retire. You know, when you sit down and go through the construction of a financial plan, you know, we the properly done and we do this, you look at okay, what's my budget? What's the budget need to be in order to pay down? You can't be hanging on to credit card debt for long. Let's pay that down. Let's pay down. You know, let's see how you don't have to retire mortgage free. That would be nice. Obviously, we'd all love to do that. It's about the best debt you, you can have, have, right? Isn't it? Well, yeah, some, especially you got one of those two, two and a, two and a half percent mortgages from a while ago. You know, it's not all bad. So we see a lot of people who have pretty low mortgage payments. They may be going on for a few more years, but that's not that's not bad as long as you budget for it. So, you know, it's a really matter for and of, of uh, you know, sitting down and, you know, looking at a budget, looking at sort of sources and uses of cash flow. You need some cushion besides the pension. So I'd want to see what that is. If you have, you know, you need some cash on hand, you need some some investments. Uh, and so hopefully, you know, Ann's got some of that saved in, you know, some kind of uh, state affiliated uh, pension plan. And we'd like to take a look at that. Again, to submit your question for Russell on the air, HackmanWealth.com. Click the radio tab. Leslie, I want to move my 401k into an IRA. Then I want to cash out a portion of those funds. What kind of IRA would allow me to do this? And what are the tax implications? Well, you can open an IRA, you know, most anywhere and uh, do what, you know, what's called a rollover, right? Where you uh, do a tax-free rollover into that IRA. And the difference really between a 401k and an IRA is that one, they're both pre-tax money. It's money that I earned that hasn't been taxed yet. If I then want to, and one of them is associated with an employer, one of them is not associated with an employer, that's an IRA. So I can, uh, once I'm not, you know, if I, once I'm 59 and a half, typically, I can roll over money into an IRA, even if I'm still working. And certainly if I'm not working for that company anymore, I can. Then, to the question, once you're in an IRA, you can invest for the long term now and you can invest in almost any kind of asset, mm-hmm. um, any kind of investment asset, you know, stocks, CDs, T-bills, money market you. funds, right? Lots of, yeah, more, a, a, certainly a larger menu than you had when you were with your 401k, right? That's available. Now, Leslie's also asking the question about cashing out a portion of those funds. Like if you need some of those funds for whatever purpose, mm-hmm. then when you take money out of out of the IRA, that's going to be taxed. So, you know, you want to think twice about, about doing that. Uh, you'll face a penalty if you do it before 59 and a half. So you want to be careful about that. Um and, you know, when you want to see what other savings that you might have, because if you have money in these these IRAs, depending on how much you have, that may be the bulk of your savings. And obviously, if you're just at sort of retirement age, you got to be careful to make sure that your savings can last. Bob, 
We've got time to get his question. He says, I recently opened my first brokerage account, but I'm worried that I'll make some rookie mistakes. What are some common mistakes beginning investors make so that I can be sure to avoid them? I think the biggest mistakes that 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 folks make when they open accounts or put money to work in the stock market is trying to pick individual stocks. Right. Right. And the fact of the matter is that almost nobody is good at beating the stock market. You know, listen to Warren Buffett, who basically says, hey, unless you're me, don't even try <laughs> invest in low cost funds. Right. Right. So uh, the biggest thing that you can actually do to influence your outcome is not is not sort of picking the next hot stock. That's really, really hard. Uh, you know, borderline impossible and really focus on fees. So if you have a beginning portfolio, depending on your age, you're looking at, okay, how do I have some safe assets? If they're in a brokerage account, you can buy CDs in a brokerage account. Mm -hmm. You can buy short-term T-bills now that, uh, you know, government obligations that mature in under a year that are earning, you know, 5.3%. Nothing wrong with that for your sort of safe liquid assets. And then, you know, you can buy an S&P 500 index funds. Uh, and that's a very, very low cost funds. That's a great way to invest no matter what age you are, right? Especially if you're younger and you're not as much need of planning and making sure budgets will last. Right. You know, that can be a smart thing, way to go about things. Um, yeah. So talking about portfolio composition, talking about, you know, the, we're, you know, we're very focused and this will be in our book as well. Like what are the right investments to have and what are the investments to avoid? A lot of those investments are those high fee underperforming investments. And I tell you, you know, we see them every single day when people come into our office that uh, they're paying more in fees than they thought, or their performance isn't as good uh, as it should be. And so it is an opportunity, Dave, to offer folks uh, the chance to come in for a complimentary consultation and second opinion, the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. That's a no cost, no obligation. 617-674-2000. 617-674-2000. Coming up, Russ will wrap up the show with some fresh investment insight. Wall Street sweeper Russ Hackman, president of Hackman Wealth Partners. is always a pleasure to talk to Russ and also senior vice president Clear here on the show. And we had a special feature that's going to be a part of this show every week. Uh, everything from celebrity success stories to through the years and retirement road trips. So, I mean, it's a growing show. We're adding on to it. But Russ, just, you know, in, in our closing segment here, I'm just curious meeting with people, you and Clear uh, lately, what are some things that you're seeing now? whether they're good or bad or red flags, what are, you, what are you noticing now? Well, I think, you know, the environment out there for the markets, the economy is still obviously not clear sailing. Yeah. Right? You know, there's a lot of wood to chop. And I think folks that, that we've been talking to have been looking at their portfolios. It's like, okay, I'm getting my statements every month, at least through the end of July, they were all up. So that's nice mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, last year, every time you open the mail, it was like, oh, my goodness, right? That <laughs> Scared you know, everything it. was basically down. But I think now 
is a good chance to kind of sift through like, okay, what's okay and what's not. Even though your statement that's coming in the mail is up, you could, most people can see that they're not up nearly as much as they lost mm-hmm. last year. And the primary reason for that is what, what I'm going to talk about in our upcoming book, what we talk about on this show, which is what we call a little disparagingly, obviously, this two-dimensional uh, financial planning or this paint-by-numbers financial planning that's practiced out there. And when I see people almost invariably, they tell me, Russ, I have an advisor now. I saw that advisor, you know, we signed up with them whenever they, they might've never been a planning person. And even if they were talking about planning, they were saying, Hey, they, you know, they, we got a great kind of song and dance when we signed up, but at the end of the day, they just gave me a portfolio of stock funds and a portfolio of bond funds. Hey, you seem like 60, 40 kind of people. Here's a report that says you're probably not going to go broke, but it's not our fault if you do. Hmm. And, you know, let's talk once a year and it doesn't leave people feeling great. It also leaves them in a a lot of bond funds, which are easy for companies who are managing billions of dollars to steer tons of money around. But it's not a good place for your safe money bond funds. And that's prime. That's the primary reason you're seeing your accounts not come up as much is your bond funds are not bouncing back. They will probably never bounce back to the levels they were at, which would require interest rates going back down to 1%. So for most people, there's some wood to chop, even though some parts of your portfolio are doing better. It is time to wrap up the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening, uh, especially for our regular listeners. We do appreciate it. Uh, Dave, let's offer one last chance for folks to call in. One of those opportunities to get on our calendar for the next five callers that have saved $500,000 or more for retirement. 617 Russ Hackman and Claire Hare are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Wealth Advisors, LLC, BWA, registered investment advisor and an affiliate of Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. BWA and Hackman Wealth are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BWA, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by Russell Hackman, Claire Hare, and their guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this radio station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject covered. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by BWA. Index or fixed annuities are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to caps, restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuer. Agents receive payment in the form of compensation and or other compensation, such as a percentage of organization's profits from selling an annuity from the insurance company. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interest of our clients to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV 2A Item 4, for additional information.